Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For the drink of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. We have here in our epistle lesson today a picture of the sacramental working of God in the Old Covenant. It is also, mind you, typology. It is also a foreshadowing. We see here represented, of course, baptism and the Eucharist. (coughs) All our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, Says Dr. Gerald Bray, as the crossing of the sea protected them from their enemies and gave them real freedom, so baptism protects us from our demonic enemies. The sea prefigures baptism with water. The cloud prefigures the grace of baptism in the spirit. Dr. Bray is relying on patristic sources for his understanding of the text. The 5th century St. Theodoret of Sir says that the cloud is the grace of the Holy Spirit while the sea represents baptism. Theodore of Mopsuesta from the 4th century says it this way, the sea is a figure of baptism with water, the cloud of the grace of baptism in the Spirit. St. Cyril of Jerusalem, 4th century, says that there in the Old Testament, the blood of a lamb was the charm against the destroyer. Here, the blood of the, unspot- of the unspotted lamb, Jesus Christ, is appointed your inviolable sanctuary against demons. St. Gennadius of Constantinople from the 5th century explains the idea a little more fully. The cloud was a figure standing for the grace of the Spirit. For just as the cloud covered the Israelites and protected them from the Egyptians, so the Spirit's grace shields us from the wiles of the devil. Likewise, just as the crossing of the sea protected them from their enemies and gave them real freedom, so baptism protects us from our enemies. That was how the Israelites came to live under the law of Moses. This is how we in baptism are clothed with the spirit of adoption and inherit the covenants and confessions made in accordance with the commandments of Christ. St. Paul continues, all our fathers ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Dr. Bray again summarizes, the supernatural food and the water that flowed from the rock were figures of what we now eat and drink in remembrance of Christ. Those who ate manna died in the desert, but the food you receive is living bread for eternal life. From the rock of his humanity flows the endless stream of his redeeming blood. St. Ambrose says all those who ate that bread, that manna, died in the desert. But this food which you receive, this living bread which came down from heaven, referencing St. John 6, furnishes the energy for eternal life. Whoever eats this bread will not die forever, for it is the body of Christ. 
Whoever tastes it in a holy manner shall not be able to feel corruption. For them water flowed from the rock. For you, blood flows from Christ. Water satisfied them for the hour. Blood satisfies you for eternity. St. Ambrose also notes that Christ is the sacrament because the body is Christ's. So the food is not corporeal, but spiritual. Our reforming Archbishop Thomas Cranmer agrees with Ambrose. And as every man is carnally fed and nourished in his body by meat and drink, even so is every good Christian man spiritually fed and nourished in his soul by the flesh and blood of our Savior Christ. Also, Although Christ be present with his Father in heaven, yet sacramentally and spiritually he is here present, for in water and bread and wine he is present. The typology and foreshadowing of our text are rather obvious. These Old Testament types, these figures, these pictures are representing the new covenant sacraments, of baptism and the supper of our Lord, the Holy Communion. The whole exodus from Egypt from which these types come is a figure, a type of our salvation from slavery to sin and death. Of course, we know that God is present all throughout his creation, as our first lesson today notes, for thy immortal spirit is in all things. And as St. Paul says to the Athenians at the Areopagus, for in him we live and move and have our being. Yet, these types, these figures from the Exodus are more than God's general presence and upholding of the creation. Neither, neither of these types or figures are just empty symbols. God was at work in these old covenant sacraments in a way not unsimilar to his efficacy in the sacraments that we participate in today. The whole picture that St. Paul gives us should remind us of the amazing power of God at work in his world, even before the advent and the incarnation of Christ. As the writer to the Hebrews says over and over again, the old was good, the new is even better. The old covenant sacraments were good, the new covenant sacraments are even better. St. Paul says of the Israelites that they drank of that spiritual rock that followed him, them, and that rock was Christ. Dr. Hans Borsma argues that the old covenant sacraments are not just types and figures, but that God is truly working in them, not just to provide corporeal water, so to speak, so that human bodies can continue to live, but to provide his efficacious grace in their lives. In the Old Covenant sacraments, the grace of Christ's victory on the cross is made present to the Old Covenant saints. It is for sure a mystery, but God is not bound by time as we are. It should perhaps not surprise us that this can be true. Christ is present even in the Old Covenant sacraments, as St. Paul said in our lesson today. But let us not forget why St. Paul brings this whole issue and example up. 
But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Even with the grace of God present with them in the old covenant sacraments, these people chose to live lives that didn't please God, but rather pleased themselves. As St. Chrysostom says, why does Paul say these things? He was pointing out that just as the Israelites got no benefit from the great gifts which they enjoyed, so the Corinthian Christians would get nothing out of baptism or Holy Communion unless they went on and manifested a life worthy of that grace. Origen notes that St. Paul wants to remind us that we are not saved merely because we happen to have been the recipients of God's free grace. We have to demonstrate that we are willing recipients of that free gift. The children of Israel received it, but they proved to be unworthy of it, and so they were not saved. As opposed to many in our contemporary culture that see baptism or the prayer the sinner's prayer to be the mark and that once you're there, you can't lose it. This is not the teaching of the early church. It's not the teaching of the scriptures. May our lives be a witness of faithful, humble obedience to our Lord Christ so that we may be faithful partakers in every way possible of his body and blood and the sacrament. Come to the table, my friends. Amen.